Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Drive to your nearest Sonic location and try their new Choose Any Two for $7 deal for a limited time only. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zerman. He added it to my name instead of your It name. seemed like you were questioning your own name, yeah. Getting it all loose. What's up, buddy? Not much. We're rounding the corner. We're heading... Oh, wait, no, I can't do D-backs. Metaphors right now, they wouldn't know about Jeez, rounding that corner at this moment. We'll but save that for the end of the podcast. Oh, Everyone yeah. who works for those teams is Sorry. listening to okay. the podcast anymore. And now all the Cardinals people listening are like, what are they even saying at the end of all these podcasts? Kyler's oh, back. Oh. Don't go listen. <laughs> yeah, Kyler's back, everyone. <laughs> Woo! Look at that positivity. Okay, yeah. sorry. Go Birds, the red ones. <laughs> all right, preseason basketball. The Suns are going to play. We are recording on Wednesday morning. It's a Wednesday today, right? I have no idea. Yeah, it is. They play their preseason finale tomorrow in Palm Springs uh, against Palm the Desert. Is that different? I actually don't know. I don't know, man. We went over this before. I don't know all these fancy <laughs> California towns, but it's one of them. And they're playing there. I am guessing, this is purely a guess, and we might find out by the end of practice today. We're recording this before practice um, that the big three are done for the preseason, and it's just going to be essentially what Portland did on Monday, which is all of our key veterans are going to sit and we're going to give Bull Bull 27 minutes. We are going to give Saban Lee 36 minutes. Like, they're going to do some iteration of that. I might be wrong, but I expect that's what we're going to see just based on how those guys were particularly getting after it on Monday. That really, on the court, read to me and like looked to me like, this is our last time on this court before the real stuff starts, so let's get going. So the preseason is not officially done, but I will say if you're looking for takeaways, uh, just thoughts on some of the guys outside of the big three, we did that a long time on the previous podcast. I don't think our thoughts are going to change. No. Forgive me if Nasir Little has like a huge 19-point game and looks awesome and looks like the Nasir Little that we saw in Portland for the most part when he was healthy. But for now... Uh, we are just going to kind of look ahead. I believe we're looking to come back on Monday and just look at the Warriors matchup specifically, look at, okay, what are we going to watch for in the first couple of games, all this kind of stuff. But we can put a bow on the preseason by saying the offense has looked awesome. I think that it's looked tremendous. Monday, again, was against um, like Duop Reith, who was on the Suns Summer League team either this year or the year before was starting at center for the Blazers, so keep that in mind. But specifically with movement, tempo, pace, how they're finding each other, they're overpassing too much, which is obviously a good problem to have. But everyone seems to be really buying into this. And Grayson Allen was talking after practice yesterday, and he was giddy talking about it. And then he got asked um, by Gerald from PHNX about the differences between this team and last year's team that he was on in Milwaukee. And he wisely caught himself and was like, I'm not going to say like one's better, one's worse. But you could tell with the way that he was saying it, like just playing this way, playing fast loose everyone that is getting the ball knows what to do with it and there's just no the ball doesn't stop and that's my main takeaway and I think that 
I'm ready to be preseason overreacts guy. I'm ready to say this is going to be the best offense in the league. I, I said that with respect to Sacramento and Denver for what they've done. Yeah. I know personnel-wise that the Suns, in terms of their big three, no one can match them in terms of scoring talent. But overall, with the team, stylistically, how they're playing, how the rotations have looked, how guys like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon have looked, um, I'm ready to say it. Even with some injuries for these guys along the way, I think that they are going to be the best offensive team in the league. And with the way that offensive ratings continue to climb, probably post the best offensive rating the league's seen so far. This, if that is the case, and you're right, or if even you're like their top three, I could see... If they're not top five, something went wrong. Yeah. I could see, though, like two teams having the top two offensive ratings in NBA history this year, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think Sacramento's going to get... Has Sacramento lost anything significant? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Denver... Denver's a little touchy. We'll get into them later. Like their offense is still going to be good. I would say Sacramento's the one that I would say is is the scary one for me. Um, Big on Bezinkov, like I am. I see they have depth. Like yeah, no, they're they're going to be. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. We're going to yeah. do a league wide preview here yeah. in a minute. But so I'll, I'll stop there so I don't talk about these other teams. But yeah, I, I will say the the red flags only get to me when it's like okay like Saban Lee was over dribbling but that's like you're trying to find out what Saban Lee can do those minutes it didn't look tough but if you have two of the big three on most of the year you have the three starting even if one of them all of them get hurt here and there like it's just about averages and how many minutes like one of those guys is playing where they're kind of scrapping and clawing but other teams can't put out like the two stars with that shooting around them i don't think when i think about it so that's how you get full offensive ratings right i'm not thinking about the starting line i'm thinking about like full rotations for a season and that's where i think you you're on the right track and you're not crazy to say that even though this team is still pretty relatively new if they run anywhere close to the way that they want to it's yeah. not going to be close because off a of make or a miss uh the way alan outlined it yesterday is Whoever's closest to the basket is like just the outlet guy. Yeah. There's not even that. There's not even a Chris Paul or whatever. And it's not like Chris took every outlet and felt like I need to take every outlet. I'm I'm the point guard. It wasn't like that. He would run up the corner, sure, but he's like, okay, fill the lanes, get to the corners, and then let everyone else kind of fill it out and just see where it goes from there. But the discipline with their, uh, I don't want to be too technical about like run into the space. It's it's very <clears throat> simple. But the positional discipline for them in transition offense yeah has been amazing like they just they're running out and they're making it look so simple like why doesn't every basketball team play like this they keep getting um they're gonna have so many free baskets this year because grayson allen was uh i pointed out the alec burks one against detroit but grayson allen in monday's game caught the ball just about at half court took a dribble sprinting straight ahead and just saw two mighty kamara eight feet from the rim and it was like i'm just gonna drive right into you and yeah he did his footwork stuff got an easy and one finish that he can get in his sleep and there's just going to be so many plays like that because those guys catching the outlets you think about it and we kind of go through the rotation josh Akogi can make that drive he can make that decision yuda can eric gordon can grayson allen can even if it's yusuf nurkic catching that ball <laughs> 
he can make a couple of he can take two or three dribbles and then figure it out from there maybe he just holds it up at the top of the key or dribbles into someone for a dribble handoff he's not gonna dribble all the way but if the defense is scrambling back he can he has the ability to see it and or at least keep forcing the issue containing on that he can hit a trailer three um, Eubanks, I think, is the same kind of player where you, you guys are going to be surprised. Look, it doesn't look like um, Rafer Alston dribbling by any means. Don't get me wrong. But he can he can dribble the ball a couple of times and make the right decision. And everyone in the rotation can do that. And I think I'm starting to realize more and more if indeed the rotations that we've been sort of seeing more offense heavy are true. I think it's more to do with not playing the best shooters, but it's just with playing the best decision makers and the most um, I can make this play in any given moment, guys. And that's where Yuta fits in. That's where Gordon fits in and, and Al fits in. And, oh, they're all like 40% three-point shooters, too. It just so happens to be that. I'm going to tap back into our, what draft was that, discussion about Lonzo Ball. Um, I know he's hurt, whatever. But if you put like a Lonzo Ball type like on this team, that's where it'd be like mind blowing with yeah. the, his kick ahead ability and Even his passing Kevin or Kevin Love, yeah, yeah. off the bench, was, yeah. 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 Um, that kind of stuff. Like obviously they don't have anyone. We might find out if Nurk is going to be throwing overhead like touchdown deep balls type things Bad off rebounds. In Portland already, yeah. That kind of stuff, like you. Maybe it's not the most magical thing, but just having that presence and kicking ahead and straining the defense. And then, like, yeah, if it's one of the big three or even one of the shooters, like, the shooters are going to shoot. But if Kevin Durant catches and he's just making the effort and you find and push the ball ahead, again, it's kind of like the same discussion. You want those guys against moving defenses, and it's just going to be really easy for them to score out of those situations. So... I like that they've brought in that mentality, and it's honestly kind of surprising. I guess I don't really know Frank Vogel's Magic teams very well at all if they did this, Um, but it's going to be an interesting balance to say do that but also play defense because I think that is just from a physical, mental capacity challenging to be playing like hard-nosed defense and then getting out and running but obviously it's a buy-in thing it's a cultural thing they got to set and we'll see how like consistent and strong they are at it and that's where depth matters too like you, you do need to rotate bodies to some degree to play that style of basketball if you're doing these two very different brands or you want to have the defensive identity you want to play fast on offense but again it's a lot of work to play one-on-one basketball if you're Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and if you're not doing that that much then it actually is easier to run on teams it's easier to run and make easy decisions instead of playing one-on-one basketball so I think I think there's room for it to clash a little bit but also there are reasons to believe that this can really be this team's identity which is asking a lot out of everyone I guess I do think it's going to be an acclimation period, and that's where I do wonder if this is going to be more of a team that threatens for 60 wins or more of a team that's around, like, 48 to 53. I don't know. Yeah. But however long it takes, and I've said this line multiple times, but if they're cruising by January, the whole league is really in trouble. But if it takes a couple – if it takes up until February, March for not only – the big three to click but the rotations to click who is the fifth starter all that kind of stuff goes through uh we'll see but 
I, it's not like I'm more optimistic about the offense after seeing it, but again, I talk so much about just wanting to see it, and now that I've seen it, especially with the pace emphasis, um, it's pretty amazing to watch. And then there's like little small developments. Like I'm watching that Portland game, and I was like, why is this guy shooting so many pull-up threes? Like, what's mm. his deal? Booker was just taking – he took – I haven't been able to watch the third game yet over again. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that stuff. Preseason. Um <laughs> All 10 threes that he took in the first two games were pull-ups. Uh, and he played, what, 27 total minutes or whatever, 30 total minutes. So you can do the math there in terms of the per 36. This is a second straight podcast where I'm not going to do per 36 math live on the air. Yeah. I apologize. But Vogel said uh, it it wasn't just a coincidence thing. And Vogel said he has been emphasizing it to Booker. It's funny because a story that I should have live before the season starts, I'm hoping it goes live on Monday, uh, is going to be looking back at that Lakers series and something Book mentioned when I talked to him about it was how they were forcing him to take pull-up threes. And look who it was. It was Frank Vogel forcing him to take pull-up threes. What are you doing game six, Kevin? Hit a lot of threes. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that come together. Vogel described it as like an ultra green light, extra green light, whatever. He wants him to shoot those and then um, on... Um, just wasn't even brought up in this kind of way to Kevin Durant. He was just talking about the big three in the offense, and he was like, if Book comes down and they're in a drop, I want him to shoot. Like, Kevin always shoots that shot. You don't have to worry about him. That's his shot, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he he's like he modernized that shot almost and kind of in a way, right? At yeah. his size, at least. Um, so there are little kind of developments like that. We'll see. It's like, okay, how is um, Bradley going to find his little pockets, I think, because... He is the Chris Bosh of the team. He just kind of has to be. But he's going to be his own version of Chris. He's not going to be the extremely defensively versatile guy playmaking five that Chris Bosh was. But he will figure out that kind of role. And again, the level of competition was really low. But there was like that four-minute sequence of the Blazers game where he, I think he was on the court either by himself or with Book, and he just took over for four minutes. Like, that's, yeah. That's Bradley Beal, and he's yeah. the third best player. Holy <laughs> Fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Intrigue continues, Kevin. Uh, they open... Oh, oh, you're not believing it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Josh Akogi starts uh, the first game. We kind of... Okay, it looks like it's Josh Akogi. Is it going to be Josh Akogi the whole year? I don't know. Eric Gordon gets to start. That is, I believe, the Portland game on the road when uh, Josh Akogi was not playing. Uh, he was resting, I believe. Something to that extent. Grayson Allen starts on Monday when Josh Akogi is healthy. Uh, Eric Gordon was uh, not and, and healthy or whatever. He was not resting. So Vogel's been mixing and matching, looking around, and he has continued to say that this is going to be something that we change. We're going to not look at someone as the guy the whole year. We are going to try different looks. We're going to go through it. That's probably how it's going to go. Do you believe him? Yeah. I do too. I, to be clear. I just don't know what that means if that's okay by matchup or if it's going to be in, okay, this 10-game set, we're just going to see. Because so, I think there's more value in that if it's like, okay, Josh, like you played well enough in the preseason, not that Grayson played poorly, Eric played poorly, but you get first 10 games, you're going to match up against Steph. Um, you're going to match up against yeah. We just like played. you just see different you, you see different styles and you see them against different people instead of being like oh you're only going to guard this X yeah stereotype. we played Memphis in Miami so Memphis without Jaw so we didn't yeah. really need that 
point guards shut down, but now we've got Milwaukee, Golden State, and yeah Denver coming up and now we need josh in like are they going to do it matchup dependent that's the thing that's why i asked i don't know how it's going to go is it stylistically matchup based i, I think know. i think it's also Flow. like a good thing for like getting in a rhythm if it's like okay okogi's for 10 games then offensively you just get okay what are you going to do what are what is this going to look like how are teams going to and also like him starting the season as the fifth guy i think teams already know what he does so it would to me it would at least just give you a clear scouting report and then you can kind of tinker as you go um and start at that baseline where it's like okay teams know how to scout josh kogi right i think there's value in and going against that to cause yourself to kind of find problems seek answers early on and then mid mid season when you go to grayson allen or you go to eric gordon then uh oh crap the other teams are going to have to figure out when you just spring it on them one day what to do. And that honestly, that change could mess with like that could give you a free winner to here or there, which again, you're going to take losses here or there because you're experimenting. So you might as well strategically make those decisions and screw with people. I'm all for people screwing with other people in the competitive sense like that. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, you, you kind of map it out. Maybe 10 or 11 games, depending on the next matchup. If it's a really good team you want to mess with or you want to hide stuff from them, maybe give him one or two extra starts and then go to the next guy. So I think I think there's a lot of reasons to just mix and match, but not do it like by game by game, if that makes sense. To that extent, you've got Golden State at the opener. I'll be fascinated if Grace Allen or Eric Gordon starts the first game. Yeah, yeah. That is the who's guarding Steph Curry thing. But then the Lakers coming up where it's D'Lo and Austin Reeves who are offensive threats for sure, but are not like we absolutely need to shut that guy down. It's about LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. So maybe you want more length on the rotations when you're doubling on AD with, with someone like Kate Bates-Diop, I don't know, or, or Josh. Um, I don't know. Let's look across the league, buddy. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will start with a Suns spin on this. We have this conversation a couple of different ways, and we have had it for three years now. Uh, in this type of week. So let me start here. We play this, we put on this facade, Kevin. I'll call it for what it is. We do? We put on this big old thing where we're like, yeah, man, 11 teams could win the West this year. It could be anyone, man. No. There are 17 teams. I felt that way last year. Last year I did. I actually felt that way last year, and I'm kind of making fun of myself partially because we did have these conversations. People can pull them up and, and like, uh, burn us or whatever they want to do. (laughs) People love the ha-ha, you're wrong thing. You were wrong. Look at you. You said dumb thing, person to say things. But this year, I wanted to bring it up with what we're talking about now because I still do believe that to be true. Like, will I be shocked if the Oklahoma City Thunder win the West? Yes, I will be absolutely fall mixed. But I don't know if Chet's an all-star right away. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) If Zion is fully functional and it turns out that him, CJ, and Brandon Ingram are awesome together, then I don't know, man. But those are the best, 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 best case scenarios that will not happen. So... Let me go team by team, and you tell me if they can win the title or not. You okay. Ready? Yeah. This is by the odds uh, on FanDuel right now. Celtics. Yeah. Bucks. Yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. Suns. Yeah. Lakers. Ah, uh, that's where I'm already. I'm a yes. 
Okay. Or no, wait. Never mind. I'm a no. <laughs> I forgot LeBron hasn't looked healthy. Apparently, post-season. he looks like his rookie season. Whatever. What if he does? <laughs> does Anthony Davis look like his we're, rookie? We're going Lakers-Warriors now, and it's two straight teams where ah, no. LeBron James look healthy in the Here's playoffs, th- then I would say yes. Yeah. If you could tell me that LeBron James is going to look like even just regular season LeBron from a health standpoint, then yes. But it's been... It, it's not like LeBron has had... It's kind of like books injuries in the last three postseasons now where it hasn't been a headline grabbing like he's injured, but the people watching those games and who have watched LeBron James play basketball for a long time, even like people like us, have been like, you're not getting downhill like you used to, man. That's not age because we saw you two months ago doing this. And he just has picked up these things a couple of years running now. You'll remember when we previewed that Lakers Sun series that we just referenced with Vogel, one of our key storylines going in is like, is LeBron going to be able to get downhill? Because it just looks like he's not himself right now. Yeah. And we've seen that now for a couple of years in a row, if I'm remembering correctly. And then we know the Chris Paul story there. So I am going to say no, because I don't believe they can win the title if those guys aren't themselves. I don't think the Warriors have enough gusto. I don't believe the Laker. <sighs> I'm not a. I'm a Brandon Pajemski guy. We'll spoiler alert. We're gonna get to him in a little bit. But oh, okay. Uh, ooh, yeah. Uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't think that he's going to affect a title team to that regard. I fight myself whether I don't want to say the like Lakers making the Western Conference Finals wasn't legit, but I just never trusted them last year, and I still. I think they played over their heads in a like congrats you guys pulled together something crazy good after the trade deadline i don't know if i buy it for a full season even is my thing and that isn't even ad lebron related and so if if they're both like top of their games like close to whatever their best seasons even lebron not even close to top five best seasons but if he's like sixth best season and AD's like something close to his best season, then yes. But there's just a lot in the supporting cast that I don't trust yet. And that's where every other team... And this is why what's weird about like... I don't need to trust the Suns' bench players as much that I do the Lakers. Because the Lakers like had LeBron limping and AD not playing up to his standard. The Warriors, like if Jonathan Kaminga is preseason Jonathan Kaminga for a full regular season and the playoffs, then maybe I buy it more. But I don't I don't trust Chris Paul being healthy. I don't trust that they're going to lose whatever Jordan Poole's craziness was that he did give them an offensive punch that they now have to find out of Chris Paul, which I can't. I just don't know if they have offensive punch, which is crazy. I don't know if the Warriors are a team that people are talking about as being particularly deep, but the Lakers are a team that are talked about like this. Let me run you through their rotation. And yeah. I have been on this podcast and have written in places, said on their our air, I thought the Lakers had a great offseason. I loved what they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Five, D'Lo. Yeah. Reeves, LeBron, Vanderbilt, Davis. There's some Torian Prince Rui noise out of there that those guys might be starting. I think that's a horrible idea. Jared Vanderbilt's really good at basketball and is perfect as the the part of the sandwich that's not the bread between LeBron yeah. James and Anthony Davis. Like, just have him there, please. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I think, is going to be really, really good for them, but I think they've got a. 
I hate to say it this way, but a DeAndre and Chris Paul kind of thing with D'Angelo Russell, where it's like this doesn't make sense anymore. <clears throat> yeah, this made sense a while ago, but all of a sudden now you guys are you guys could win a championship this year, and we've seen it in the playoffs enough now. Where again, when he went on the Nets run, I talked about it and it was like, look at D'Lo in the postseason; he's awesome in the postseason, but he's just too inconsistent all over the place. Unfortunately, I like Vincent behind him. Are you a Jalen Hood Shafino believer? No, not for not for year one. Max Christie, you got your stock left? No. Have you seen the Cam Reddish lowlights on Twitter? They've been roasting our. Ooh, poor boy, our, our poor boy I completely loved. forgot about him, but no, I'm not. Yeah. Torian Prince is on this team. That was a good signing, as yes. we said. Rui Hachimura was unreal in the postseason, but he's still kind of Rui Hachimura in those moments. Do you trust that's the like he, he has just, to play above his head? Vanderbilt has to knock threes a little. He's, do things. He's TJ Warren, and I don't know if people realize it yet. That makes sense. Yeah, he's going to have one assist, three turnovers. He's going to grab rebounds. He's going to score. He's going to be efficient to a certain extent. I don't know if he can shoot. I don't know if you can trust him on defense. Yeah, their backup five situation is either Christian Wood. Jackson Hayes oh, yeah. or Dark Hole, Dark Horse, Colin Castleton, the rookie I, center out of Florida who came up in in my mm-hmm. uh, draft research. Never talked about him. Suns never needed a five, but he came up. So I don't know if that team is uh, all that deep, Kevin. And then to go to Golden State really quick, deep in a playoff sense, I should say. Golden State's got Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kavon Looney. Those were the six guys, pretty good six guys. After that, Gary Payton the second is he is healthy? He, is he good? If he's good, he's he is good. He's good at basketball. If he's good, Kaminga, Pajemski, Moses Moody, Corey Joseph. You think Rudy Gay's got something left in the tank? He's always one of those guys like Jeff Green where there's something in the tank. Okay. Uh, we want to focus on those two just because they're the next up in the West, but we'll move on uh, through this yes-no game, but I know what your answers are probably going to be. Cavs? No. Grizzlies? I want to... S- this is where, like, Grizzlies pals are in my brain. On 2K, I say yes. Does that make sense? Yes. There's no extracurricular activities afoot? Mavericks? No. Clippers? I have a... There's like a 10% chance. So you are saying yes? I guess. Okay. That is absolutely health-related. All these others, I can't... Like, Clippers are the team where I'm like, I have to be... Have the asterisk over health-related. Every other team, I'm just going to be like, yes or no, yeah. Yes, sir. We're both Terrence Mann truthers. Yeah. I have been the Russell Westbrook truther. We're Kenny Martin Jr. truthers. Yeah. Hey, man, if those two guys play basketball. I'm a Ty Lue. The two guys, we, we hey, Ty Lue fans here, hello, checking in. Here's the thing, you could hold Spoiler out there. Spoiler alert for my thing coming up. Is Kobe Brown a contributor right away? Mm? Okay. Might be. Here's my I'm thing. They could hold out PG and Kawhi for a full year, and if they came back in the playoffs and they said, we've ramped up, we're ready to go in the first round, let's say the Nuggets are the... I could see them giving the Nuggets a run, like things like that. I could see them giving the Suns a run, and the Suns are the number one seed. Speaking of teams that are attached to James Harden that won't win a title because they're attached to James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) No. 
Miami Heat. Oh. The nobody believes in this Miami Heat at plus three thousand to win the NBA no. title. What's going on around here? I if you gave me a NBA Finals appearance, yes. If you give me a title win this year, no. I will tease that they are my East in the Dark Horse, and you will have to listen. Okay. The rest of the way to find wow. out. New Orleans Pelicans. No. The New York Knicks. No. My favorite team we've gotten to since we read off the Warriors, the Sacramento Kings. No. Can't win it with Sabonis. Is that why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. The Minnesota Timberwolves. No. The Oklahoma City Thunder. And then the Not. next team is the Chicago Bulls. No, no. <laughs> All right. I like well, that segment. That segment was fun. I think the point of our conversation, <laughs> Kevin, let me know if you agree after we complete that exercise. Parity is at an all-time high in this league. I think that on a night-to-night basis, the talent is absolutely unbelievable. And you are in for a, for a gosh-darn show. <laughs> um, the Suns schedule, for example, hits this sort of weird thing where it's two awesome games in california back to back at golden state at la to play the lakers but even like these first three home games it's like man the utah jazz like yeah let's see if lowry's got that all nba jump in him let's see uh, how the how the pieces are flowing together because they've got how's the john collison going how's walker kessler looking year two and then back to back nights we get to see wemby can I ask like, you who's, who's you a, see the Jazz and the Spurs on games three, four, and five? And you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. It's like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It but doesn't. Can I just reverse this and look from the bottom to the top and sure, say man. how many teams are boring? Are the Orlando, Orlando Magic are boring? The Charlotte. Okay, rephrase. Yeah. Teams, okay. I will not be okay. not. So my league pass approach mm-hmm. is there's rarely one team that I will watch, and it's like. Christian Coloco's playing miss for the Raptors. I got to catch some Raptors games going on. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. check it, check in on Benny Matherin and the boys, you know, like yeah. that, that kind of stuff. I'm wearing the U of A hoodie after all right now. Um, usually it's like the two teams. And if the Chicago Bulls are inv- involved in that game, like, <laughs> as is it the second half and is one of those DeMar games, like I'll come by. Sure. I won't, I won't do the Bulls like that. Uh, I'm including the Hawks on this list. I do not want to watch the Atlanta Hawks this year. No, thank you. Unless Trey Young and DeJounte Murray learn how to play actual basketball because, hey, if you think the only Uh, one ball thing and your turn, my turn thing is happening, uh, Zach Lowe pointed this out in his league pass rankings, like they're they're brutal. Um, They're already out in his league pass because he hasn't come out 11 to, yeah. I will happily watch the Pistons, Rockets, Spurs, Magic, and Jazz, happily. Uh, Hornets, don't know. I think they're maybe the first team to put down. Portland, from a curiosity standpoint, yes. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll say it. I'm kind of curious about the Washington Wizards. I want to see. Have you seen the highlights of that kid they drafted? There's like a four-minute defensive montage of this Koulibaly kid, and he looks amazing. Really? Yeah, he looks sick. Hey, is Jordan Poole going to average like 30 a game? Landry, what's going on over there it with you, pal? chaos. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Is it Denny Abdia thing and Corey Kispert thing? Is that happening? Uh, Pacers, yes. Nets, yes. Raptors. Let's start checking on Darko. See if he's running that run and gun that he's been talking about. Yeah. And then all the other teams we named. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's... So Maybe I'll two, say like two Atlanta and teams. Charlotte are the two teams where if they're involved in the matchup, I probably won't. Oh, wait. I forgot the Charlotte Hornets have my man on the play-by-play, whose name I am suddenly forgetting, Eric Collins, on the play-by-play. Oh. So I will be watching the match. You wouldn't watch the Hawks for their in-game arena pianist? No. He's awesome. Is that what you call him? I don't know. Organist? 
I'm a Trey Young guy, but it's getting it's tough. an electrical. Yeah, it's getting tough out here. Okay, that's an interesting pick. I don't sell me on the magic really quick before we depart for this conversation. Saving that. Okay. Oh, interesting. Mm. We're going to transition into another way to have this conversation, which is one of my favorite conversations we have every year, which is where we just pick a bunch of players and we talk about them and their teams. I'll start it off and say the obvious. Victor Wembanyama. What's going on over there? (sighs) Yeah. Is he really going to be running around pin downs this whole time? Are are guys in the corner going to be able to shoot? against the Spurs because it's like if you get to the weak side corner it's Victor Wembanyama closing out what do you do you can't skit pass it over the top of him either because he will just grab it and also you can't swing it twice because he'll be able to close to the other side like if you're talking a ball in one corner and you're trying to get to the other corner in any way I've seen like four clips where the guy in the corner gets and he's like oh god and then he just starts tries to dribble Mm. he's open just he, leave. Leave that area. For his entire <laughs> life, even against guys with like seven five wingspans and stuff, he's been open. And he's been able to get that shot off. And then you see that monster come and you're like, ah! It's funny because what's going to happen is like the most confident NBA best shooters are going to, or one-on-one players are going to switch on and be like, I can get this shot off. Or even if it's catching, no, I, don't think I can get will. this. Sh- you don't think? No. No, I think, I think they're going to be hesitating the whole time. I think people will try him, too, and he's going to get a bunch of blocks. Because, like, that's yes. what happens, too. It's like, I'm at least going to test it out and see what I can do. And then you're going to find out, nope, okay, no. And then you're going to be hesitant. It's going to be fun to watch, especially this early in the season. Because, like, watch KD, who has never thought about someone blocking a shot in his life, probably. He's if Wemby closes out on him or gets switched on him, he's going to be like, I don't know, or he'll just take it and find out. It's going to be funny to actually. I'm I'm glad these are early games. Can I do the thing with a slight hop out? Yeah, he's going to be an all star. Wow, I think immediately like all of the like he's going to be voted in. I said as an all star starter, yeah. but I think that he's also maybe going to kind of deserve it. I have watched like five seconds of his preseason. I'm always like, I'm already like, why did I say Chet? Like, I don't think Chet did nothing wrong, but I I made some stupid comment on this podcast about maybe Chet could be rookie of the year and surprise us. But no, I take that back. I think I'm going to be very wrong on this. It's not even close. The NBA is so lucky to get him in the TikTok era. It's crazy. (laughs) He's going to have TikToks every night he plays everywhere. It's like whenever Bull Bull did anything in the preseason, the NBA, the NBA account made sure to tweet out the highlight because people are fascinated by the Bull Bull thing. And that's like, I'll stop there. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. Yeah. Wow. You want to go now, or you want to go? I have like twenty dudes down. So oh god, way more. But I didn't fill out this list very long. Jalen Williams. Okay, so I have Jalen Williams down. Uh, I had him down initially, and then I chopped him out for Chet Holmgren. But go on with Jalen Williams and J Dub. We've talked about him a lot, but making the right play. No one thought he would like. He was at 14 points per game. He showed a lot more, like, refinement. And he's, like, one of those guys who was even, like, for a not, like, Power 5 team in college, did the role guy stuff pretty well and just happened upon, like, oh, I'm doing all the role guy stuff. But now it's kind of like Mikel, but maybe obviously earlier in his career where it's, oh, no, I can average 14 points in an NBA game. I can be aggressive. I can... 
he's like starting to realize, oh, I'm pretty good at this basketball dealio. Yeah, plug and play rookies aren't supposed to be someone. It's rare for a plug and play rookie to leave the end of their season, and you're like, is he going to be an all star in two years? But that's how good he looked as a ball handler specifically. Yeah. Your pick. I've got Chet Holmgren down. Yeah. And I've got a five player subgrouping here of can you be the second best player on your team? Okay. Pointing at him really authoritatively like that. Can you do that, Chet Holmgren, right away? <clears throat> Is your defense that good to where like you're just doing your offense stuff and you're the second best player on this team? Because if you are, then I don't know if the Thunder are in that class by itself with those four teams that we talked about. Probably not, but are they the next best team after that? They could be. I think the, the Memphis Grizzlies could be if Desmond Bain is that guy. He kind of looked like that guy sometimes, and the postseason hasn't really gone well for him yet, but he's kind of injured all the time. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, it really sucks the Trey Murphy news, but I have all the stock in the world over there. And that is like the second banana to Brandon Ingram because I just assume Zion's never going to play. But <laughs> third banana to those guys, all of a sudden you got something there. You ready for a surprising name here? Yeah. With how high I am on this guy? Keegan Murray. Yeah. Everyone thought... There is a non-zero chance that he is the second best player on the Kings this year. Everyone thought Harrison Barnes would just walk. But the re-signing, I think, was surprising because it's like everyone was expecting Keegan Murray. And I think he's going to take that step. He's built like a robot. He's like People compare him to Kawhi, I think, more because of the stature and the shot and all that. But he's like very just like business personality. Anyway, where I was going with the Harrison Barnes thing, they signed him for different reasons than like not expecting Ke- like Keegan Murray's going to be good. Him and the next guy are more of third bananas, to be clear, because it's just so established at this point. I mean, Sabonis was just all NBA. Fox mm-hmm. should have been. I don't think he was, if I remember correctly. He might have been. Uh, don't remember. Austin Reeves on the Lakers. It's like, can you be the second player on most nights when both these guys, or one of these guys at least, isn't playing? I think that he's got that kind of jump in him. And all five of those guys, I think, are to what I said on Shet, where it's Denver, it's Phoenix, and then there's the third team in the West. I think all those teams could be the third team if those guys are that good. And there is a non-zero chance. I think there's more. Uh, Bain is probably the most we've seen on the floor in the NBA to this point, And those other four guys, and then probably Reeves. Murray, Murphy, Holmgren would be massive jumps. We haven't even seen Holmgren in a real NBA game yet, but not a real rookie. All that kind of stuff going. Bonus pick for that group and a, are we sure you're a good guy? Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. Is his back going to stay okay? Is he going to get better or worse? Is he just kind of this guy now where he is... Because he turned into that guy in the postseason. He was phenomenal in the playoffs, and I think that for everything that happened in Denver's run, the most underrated thing and under-discussed thing was how Michael Porter Jr. just turned into a super effective role player. Yeah. There were some quotes that got out from Calvin Booth calling him a me guy to some extent or something. I don't know. Um, That didn't seem great, but... Even when the Suns series was going on, he had to, like tiptoe around questions about asking for the ball more and he was like i know where this goes i know how this goes if i say i want the ball more and we need it and this is i think when they were down oh two like he's very aware now and i think he understands like he doesn't need to worry about that but also he still has this like alpha like 
I would like to, I'll take a few more shots. I'll do a little more. So I just worry about the defensive regression and all that kind of thing. If that holds up, because I I don't want to compare him to like DA, but it's one of those things where it's in the realm of like, am I happy with my role, I guess? And And am I going to do all the little things to stay in this role where I'm not one to, yeah. You did it on this run. Are you going to keep doing it? Do you think that like, Oh, now that I did this stuff, I can be the second leading scorer on the team. No, that's never happening ever. No, never. But you might end up being that if you just don't think about it. Two years ago, we were talking about like, oh my gosh, is he going to be an all-NBA guy next to Jokic? And is he going to get better than Murray? And now it's like, no, you're just, you're, at least on this team. Now, if you want to do a DA thing and go to a bad team and be the the guy. score 30. Go ahead. You can do the Jordan Bull thing if you want to do it. Yeah. Or you can be over here and keep winning. I don't know. That would be interesting, yeah. Part of why I wanted to bring it up is Denver has the best starting five in basketball. They're not an if-they're-healthy team because all those guys play. But we have a lot of history here with Michael Porter Jr. in his back. So it's just like a little thing where... (laughs) Deep breaths before I say this. There's been a lot of talk, and I want to say I'm taking it seriously, about the Denver Nuggets potentially being a new dynasty. Oh, no. Just everyone loves talking about that, but yeah. they, this guy has a horrible back. Why is no one bringing this up when they talk about this thing? If we take it back... Or Jamal's knees. Like, why, why is quick, no one talking about this? Quick back to the title talk Sun's guy being a Nuggets hater, Yes, brother. that's what we're doing. Even if I'm sitting here saying Denver's the best team in the West right now. I, I am saying that, too. I'm also saying... I don't know about their title chances because I do believe in regression. I believe Bruce Brown loss was bad. Like Christian Brown could take a step forward and I would still worry a little bit about their depth. Worry about one losing one of those starters would just be detrimental. Porter thing is not even a thing I thought about. Jamal and Jokic like has just got to keep playing. They were really, 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 really good, and it's just hard to have those seasons back to back. Like it is, it's hard to repeat when you're not necessarily doing a ton, and and they have a lot of questions on the very back end. So I don't know, man. I think it's just hard to repeat in any sports thing, and yeah, I'll just stop there. Yeah. Do you have anyone else? Because I'll just kind of go nuts here for three minutes. Zion Williamson, he plays for the Pelicans. <sighs> Is he going to play? I just have to mention him. I'm curious about general Knicks things because I always don't take them seriously and I shouldn't. But I'm curious if like Josh Hart, what? He was trade midseason, right? Sure was. I'm curious if they actually look like a legit, like it, it mostly has to do with who's their second best player. And I'm not high enough on Brunson or R.J. Barrett to give them. But if one of them just, like, takes another leap or something, which I I know it might be, I know who they are already, but I'm curious about the team. I'm curious. Maybe I'm only curious about Josh Hart. I think it's good for the Knicks to be, obviously, good at basketball because it's just... Even when, like, the Suns-Knicks games last year were just good and have been good with when Tibbs is there. I don't know if they're a good team, though. The Julius Randle variable is the only reason why I wouldn't say they're my actual dark horse in the East, because I think they're yeah. really good. I think Brunson is an absolute stud, is an all-NBA point guard. Like, I think that he absolutely rules. I love the Dante ad. I think the Quentin Grimes thing is percolating still. 
I love Josh Hart. I'm with you. Okay. Hey, man. Yeah. Is your team going to be able to trade you for someone really good and then all of a sudden make you guys a favorite? D'Angelo Russell, the Lakers. I've mentioned this a couple of times. Just seems like the writing's on the wall there, and this this bloated contract seems very designed for specific reasons. Again. Hey, man. (laughs) Again. These are the three teams I think could win the East. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about Chris Middleton. I'm not sure about Jalen Brown. Can Darius Garland be an all-NBA caliber point guard? I think he can, but they need him to be on Donovan Mitchell's level, and those two need to figure out their stuff together because it it wasn't... It worked, kind of, sort of. They have shooting now. Hey, man, I like all three of your games. Are you going to be much better this year? Because if you are, your team could make the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes. What's up, man? Yeah... I'm not buying the Raptors. The Raptors remain fun, though. Last subgroup, okay. and it's a long one. I think that this draft, more than any I can remember, I'm about to do the Bill Simmons thing where I say this super specific hyperbole thing. That, oh, like, no. Is no this, one's ever it's gonna, about like, this draft class? Oh, okay. I think this I'll has a here. chance to be the best draft class ever in terms of contributors on good teams. Because when you and I really went into this draft, because we had some time. Did I go into this draft? I don't... I did. You did, yeah. A lot, and then you (laughs) were with me on the last week and being like, hey, like... uh, uh, Here I am again. Yeah. Okay. I like... (laughs) I like Hame Hakez Jr. I watched him at UCLA. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, There are a ton of guys on decent to great teams that are rookies that could be that are designed not designed um i'm trying to think of the right way to say it they look like plug and play guys like mm-hmm. i said with Jalen williams or they are specifically going to be in a position where they could earn minutes right away and be a contributor just because the team doesn't have guys there uh, i love jairus walker on the pacers i hope they play him because i think that he's good i almost put down rick carlisle for my coach of the year candidate because i think the pacers are going to be really good Maybe again. we should talk about the pacers okay as a the guy who said he's a truther of a lot of people i might not be a bigger truther for anyone in the league than that man tyrese halliburton because he is the truth i'm a ben matherin truther if you combine all these things there's a lot of truth i like miles turner i will be talking like, stock still i like it yeah uh, I love bruce brown Speaking of the yeah, the Pacers are going to be fun. They yeah, still man. have TJ McConnell, by the way. They are. I have to say this out loud and then rank the teams thing where it's like this guy's a top twenty player in the league. Okay, rank the twenty. But I think that the Pacers are going to be a top five league pass team for me this year. Not counting the Suns, if the Suns are out of the conversation. If Matherin takes even a little much. bump in, like okay, I'm not a rookie anymore. Stuff next to Halliburton. Lowe has been on the podcast and in his written words, there's some Nemhard buzz going around. There's another guy that we liked in the in the draft two years ago. Interesting. There's some Nemhard buzz coming out of there. <laughs> uh, I mentioned Miami. Jaime Hawkes Jr. I'll do my short heat thing here. I think there's a not non-zero chance. I think there's a decent chance that Jaime Hawkes Jr. and Jovic are good right away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this is a really deep team that has Bam Adebayo and freaking Jimmy Butler who are two outstanding basketball Jimmy, players. I saw Jimmy had a quote about is it Jovic? Yep. I think so. Like the Y, pronunciation of the J. Anyway, he said he's walking around like he owns a place or something like that. Sick. Something like that where it's That's like, sick. oh, he got the Jimmy Butler approval. He might he might be turning, again, the corner. He might be there. He might be in the rotation. He might be very good. You know who's good at basketball through his flaws? Tyler Hero. 
Tyler Hero, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. that. That was kind of crazy when that happened. Going back to the rookie thing, the Nuggets, they have three of them, but I'll mention Jalen Pickett and Julian Strother specifically. Oh, yeah, I should Love give you Jaylen credit Pickett. on the, the, oh, the, the Strother in the Suns game. The jumper, man. Kept looking over to Dwayne. Dwayne will have me randomly tell him, that's my guy. Like when Jalen Noel's going off, I'm like, that's my guy, Dwayne. You see that floater? Julian Strother, my guy. Yeah. Taylor Hendricks on the Jazz. He okay. seems like a plug-and-play guy. He could be fun. Jordan Hawkins on the Pelicans is a fun, like, little... Especially if Trey Murphy's out, right? Are you beating out Dyson Daniels for minutes right away kind yeah. of thing? You, you might be. Case and Wallace on the Thunder. Uh, speaking of top five league pass teams, they might be number one for me. They might be the team I watched the most this year. Um outside of the Suns. Mention Hood Shafino on the Lakers. Hmm. Pajemski. Oh. I'm going to mention Trace Jackson Davis on the Warriors, Kev. I'm going to do it. The Mavericks, I think, need these two rookies to play well. Oh. Uh, Maxine Prosper and uh, or Maxence Prosper, excuse me, and Derek Lively. Yes. Colby Jones on the Kings is just kind of Kind of, kind of got snuck in there a little bit. Colby does, Jones, Alexander, remember he, him? Does he get playing time? Combo guard guy, can shoot, yeah, plays he, really hard defensively. Smart. I just don't know where he... Does he get playing time on that team? Don't know. But... What's up with Davion Mitchell, by the way? I don't know, but there's a weird Kevin Herter thing going on there where the, the D-Lo thing, extension of that, is like, I'm not sure you're going to be here in one to three years. It probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, he had a good season right weird energy there anyway can i play a quick game with you yeah oh this site's really letting me down i had all these numbers up okay the milwaukee bucks what about they've got damian lillard pat connison chris middleton Giannis, brooke lopez bobby portis yeah are we sure Andre Jackson isn't going to be their seventh best player right away? One of my favorites from this draft class. That's where I don't trust the Bucks. I believe in the Bucks. I want to believe in the Bucks because they need twenty twenty one Jake Crowder to uh, step through that door. Yes, they have campaign. Malik Beasley had some like, moments for the Lakers. Like campaign Malik Beasley. I like Crowder. campaign in that role. Yeah, they're, they're those guys have to produce, but they are a very thin team. Them losing yeah. Grace and Allen and that whole thing was a low key thing where they could afford it. But I don't know. I mentioned Kobe Brown, the Clippers, really fun, big playmaking kind of. Oh yeah, what happened with your jump shot? Because now you're kind of a really good shooter. All of a sudden, is that real guy? Wasn't a guy for uh, Jordan Walsh, but Buzz in Boston about there the Bama was guy. Buzz, yeah. Remember when we heard about Gigi Jackson and we're like, who? And then we we looked up Gigi Jackson and learned about Gigi Jackson. There's some preseason Gigi Jackson buzz coming out of Memphis where, oh my gosh, have they found another one? I just read the Ja Morant feature on ESPN today. Don't let Gigi, just please protect Gigi at all costs. And then our guy Jalen Clark in Minnesota. Chris Finch is going to want defenders and that man can defend that rock yeah you want to do award picks before we go yes who's your coach of the year man <laughs> it's not very exciting go ahead joe mazula because of drew holiday drew holiday's gonna win him the coach of the year yeah it's not one of those things where like i wanted to hate the celtics necessarily but i just didn't feel it for them being 
a, not a title contender, but the best team in the East and the, and the big bad wolf in the East. But I don't. Then they got Drew Holiday, man. Yeah. But uh, you know what would suck? If Chris Haps Porzingis gets hurt like he always does, and then Al Horford's your only big. Yeah. That would be bad. The, the Rob Williams loss in that was underrated because not just making Portland weird, Port, make Portland weird, isn't that a thing? But, like, that guy was the, like, one of the main reasons, what, two years ago? Like, they were good. Like, I know there were probably the same things, like, do we trust him? Does he show up? Is he hurt? But that was a loss, yeah. Dagnalt. Okay. That's an easy that not not saying your pick is bad. Just like the Mike Brown pick from last year, yeah. program on the rise. Yes. People love the story. They love to include the draft pick tidbit in every single thing they write about the Thunder. Who are gonna have to use those draft picks. I'm, I hate to be that guy, but there's value in them. But the things like when they traded up for Usman Jang, they're gonna have to keep doing stuff like that. Most improved player. <laughs> I have a I realize in hindsight a very uh Suns based list. You can see where I'm going with this. Um, I have Mikel Bridges for most improved player. The hardest award to pick that because was people just make up their mind with what the narrative is. But I think that people will not count what happened in the last 20 games and give him this whole year where, once again, really? I'll say it out loud, he will be an all-star. Yeah, Nets are going to make the playoffs. He's going to be awesome. He's my pick. Do you think if he's an all-star, he's an automatic pick? has to be unless I'm we're just doing the weird Shea thing again where like people are talking about Shea for most who didn't he win most improved last year Shea I actually don't know who won. <laughs> I I hate but this award I'm, I think it's pretty clear it's that gonna be like I just award. think there's awkwardness in like marketing won, won it last year yeah Brunson and Shea Gildas Alexander were finalists okay my whole thing is I think there might be loss on Mikel's reputation just because he did it last year and people were like, oh, no, he's like just what he was last year. Like, I think he was the sixth highest scorer in the league. If he does really hold that over a season and is like a 26-point-per-game scorer, which I'm not putting past him, but if he does that, then I think he's a favorite. But I am going Jalen Williams in mine, even though he also had – I don't know. The odds makers. I just feel like people notice things if they're in Brooklyn and they happened last season and they'll be over. I don't know. I might be absolutely wrong. Continue. Sorry. Mikel is the favorite. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey. Kate Cunningham? Isn't that just like a he's good thing? I don't know. We don't even know. What? Austin Reeves. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I don't. Sh- Shengun in the mix. Rockets are going to have to win a lot of games. They're going to have to be really, really good. Yeah. Giddy. Okay. I think it's more the other guy. Jordan Poole? Uh, I guess. Does Scotty Barnes improve because he didn't improve? <laughs> so yeah. Like, is his improval more valuable because he didn't, he he went, he regressed? So then it. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it, you should be crossed out on the list if you didn't do it. J Dub is a, is a solid pick too. He's uh 2,500 on here. I don't mind Keegan Murray at plus 5,000 either. I'll say that one more time. Yeah. Don't mind that, that one. Might, you honestly might be onto something there. One bit. Defensive player of the year. <sighs> what did I write down? Sorry, I'm looking at my list. I got Evan Mobley. I don't really know about this award. I think there's like three to it's five guys who are at this level, and Mobley's one of them. You just have to pick one of them. It's like Jaron and I, I have guys. Bam ahead of Mobley. Yeah, Bam could get it this year, right? I don't know. Who'd you take, Bam? I'm taking Bam just because I think Miami will just be good. Sixth man of the year. Oh, this one was hard, too. Malik Monk. It's not hard. Uh-oh. It's Chris Paul. 
what if he doesn't people, come the, off the bench enough? The people love a good narrative, Kev. They love a good narrative. I have no idea. Have they talked about this crap more since, like, I last checked? Like, Well, the interesting thing is Draymond's hurt right now. Yeah. We're getting an update on Sunday. He might not play on Tuesday. We'll talk about that more on Monday, but don't know. Rookie of the year is Victor Wembanyama, right? I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah. Who is your most valuable player? Giannis. I think I did Giannis last year in MB two years ago. You ready? Wait, where are you going with this? Wait, uh, wait. I'm trying to guess in my head. Nah, go. Devin Booker. <sighs> Homer. No, I'm just it's happening. Um, if they win he's the West, guy. He sucks up to him all the time. He never criticizes him. This could be. <sighs> this is an interesting quick combo. If they win the West, yeah, you have to pick a son, probably. How do you differentiate if KD also has a good year? How do you differ? How do you do? You think he book would actually have a chance if it's like book and KD and him are all healthy for the most part, and they just like have to pick between one? Do they get penalized, or is it just going to be a son that wins? Do you remember all the conversations we were having five months ago, where we were like, Devin Booker needs help? Do you remember who he was playing with at that time? No. He, he was playing with Kevin Durant still. Yeah. We were like, uh, Devin Booker needs help, man. I see your point. It's his team. He's going to do the point guard thing. He's going to get some narrative juice because people are going to be like, look at this. Like, everyone's so unselfish here. And he's... What if it dips he, below, he, like, Giannis? He's though. a point guard. Who knew? And then Kevin Durant, as he said yesterday, is like, year three? Is to be clear, these are, years ago? these are picks for, like, who will actually be voted, right? I'm picking who is going to win the award. Because, like, I think there will be some crap where it could pull KD's existence could pull votes away and like then Giannis pops ahead by Chris like and Book together two years ago and Book made first team all yeah. NBA and yeah. Chris was more of the MVP candidate yeah that kind of thing yeah some wonky stuff yeah that's where I am but also yeah I don't know I think he's gonna have an insane year I feel like everything has been building to this moment okay to that point, I think the Phoenix Suns are going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. I'm doing it two years in a row. That was my pick last year. Didn't go well. It's my pick this year. I just believe in the big. I just believe in the big three. I believe in how much better Bradley Beal is than people think he is. I believe in the supporting cast. I believe the center thing. Even if Yusuf Nurkic is not their starting center for playoff games, even if he isn't their closing center for playoff games, I think this is going to not only get figured out but be maximized in a way that uh we can't not can't even imagine right now but it is going to be just so clear how dominant they are and then it's going to be a very extremely challenging postseason run and they're going to run into a couple of bumps along the way i'm not saying they're going to be world beaters like the nuggets were on their postseason run last year but I just think all three of them are going to be able to make each other better, which is something no one else is like super teams. is like, who has the ball? It's like, no, who are the, can they make each other better? And all three of them are going to make each other better. Side note on the MVP thing, Book's going to like defend his ass off this year. Yeah. He's going to get after it. I, I saw it, it in I, the preseason. I wondered if Anthony Simon said something to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thursday I was like, did that kid say something? What is he? What is Book doing? And I was like, oh, he's probably just going to do this all year. That's to your point about Book and MVP, it's like, dude is what? Why is he playing the hard? He's playing hard. It looks like he's playing harder than the 
the third stringers. Then Skylar Mays, yeah. It's not... Why is he trying harder than Skylar Mays right now? It's not yeah. good for other people playing Devin Booker, but yes. He was trying to set a tone in the preseason, and it was interesting, I thought. Uh, I have the Celtics beating the Suns. That might be weird. I that, that darn Drew Holiday, huh? The Drew Holiday thing looms in my brain. I don't know if actually... Do they have the best fourth best player in the league? That's the way to think about Boston, right? Because they have three all-stars. Yeah. Don't, t- don't talk to me about Drew Holiday not being an all-star. Oh, my gosh. Um, they lose some juice on the back end, too, so... I'm not very firm on this pick, but by is, the way, but we're, we have Derek, to make picks. Yeah, is Derek White like the fourth... I think it's pretty clear that he's the best fourth best player yeah for any team like the best number four there's a bunch of juice for him six man but it's like he has to start right now he's gonna start because smart's gone like anyway i think that team's still really good i think they have experience i think their wings will figure it out if i don't know if joe mazula is even that good of a coach but he has a good team and he figured it out last year and seemed fine enough like he might need to do some playoff adjusting learning or something, but I don't know. Bucks have more room for less room for for air than that team, I think, is why I picked them. And I also think Bucks, Celtics in that order sorry, Celtics Bucks in that order are favorites over the Suns. And it's only about continuity. Like I need to see some and I'll change my pick later, but I I stick with my picks and I own them. But I might mid season be like I'm wrong, I'm dumb. You're right, Kellen. I just you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like how are the Suns going to guard? I think they're going to be fine enough because no one's going to be able to guard them. Yeah, who matches up with them defensively? I don't know. I don't know. It's that simple. No. Who who can guard them? I don't know. I don't know. Porzingis is the is the X factor for me. Boston yeah. would be my pick too if it wasn't for him. Also, uh, shout out to the greats of the days like Lamarcus Aldridge and Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu, <laughs> and even recently like Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, all these guys. But Dame's been waiting his whole life for a moment like this where he can finally win, and this is his chance. And I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's going to mess it up. I think he's going to mess it up by coming up against a big three like that in the finals and losing. But I've always believed in big three slash talent or whatever. Like, for example, off of um, the finals run in 2021 for the Suns, I picked the Nets to beat him the following year because yeah. that three is insane. And uh, I believe that way for this Phoenix three. But I also believe that even with the depth concerns I have for Milwaukee, Dame's going to. They'll uh, be fine. Yeah. Murray Jokic best two man game unquestioned but oh yeah the when they figure it out they might not take very long to figure it out I don't even think they even need to figure it out that's the thing that's even more simplified than what we're talking about yeah that's true that's just that's it's complimentary all right man you good you got any uh Raptors takes you want to get in I need to watch Christian Coloco just that's that's my take Is, is Darko gonna be with us on that come on Darko play our guy can uh I don't even know what happened last year I didn't watch every game so but he he can be good right tell me he can be I'm good. ready for Dale and Terry to take Patrick Williams's minutes I oh know. yeah it's yeah, not yeah. Happening anymore yeah, yeah yeah enough cats talk <laughs> yeah maybe later big year though want to win the Pac-12 badly the last go the last draw yeah hate UCLA man god I can't stand them 
All right. See you later, everyone.